Hello, Millennium Alliance listeners, members, partners alike. Connor Tui here for another edition of the Millennium Live Podcast Partnership Series. We have a uh, a great, great episode today and a great guest. I'm very happy to be joined today by Charles Araujo. He is an industry analyst, speaker, author of not one, not two, but three books, a regular contributor to numerous industry publications. He's also the publisher of the DX Report and a recognized authority on digital transformation, the digital experience, and helping organizations become digital enterprises. He actually recently joined us at a Millennium Alliance Assembly, moderating a discussion on behalf of our partner, ATS Galileo. And during that session, he and uh, ATS founder Tim Conley, who also joined the podcast a couple months ago, talked about the need for what they call smart infrastructure management. And with that, we'd like to go deeper with him on this topic right now. So, Charlie, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Of course. So let's dive right in. And perhaps uh, to start, we can talk a little bit more about your your great background and and how perhaps it led to uh, today's conversation about smart infrastructure management. So I think that what's most important from a background perspective is that at my core, I'm an IT ops guy. So I have now for the last 10 years or so been an analyst. I what It really started, I, I sort of accidentally wrote this book called The Quantum Age of IT, Why Everything You Know About IT Is About to Change. It was about 10 years ago, and that sort of put me on this whole pathway. But prior to that, I had really made my bones running IT operations. I culminated that part of my career running IT operations were about a billion dollar healthcare organization, sort of did everything. I had this, what I call my career in a box sort of period where it was this crazy period of growth. And so I still, ironically, almost 30 years later, still draw on a lot of that sort of experience. And then I spent another decade running these large scale transformation programs, mostly in financial services and healthcare, sort of taking some of those lessons learned and applying them. And so even though I'm now a, you can't see me, I guess, but I'm air quoting author, speaker, analyst. I still, at the end of the day, mostly associate myself as an IT you know, leader, right? And that's really the perspective I bring to everything and why the conversation at this event and why you know what you, know, you guys at Millennium are doing is so important because when I was in those shoes, it was always being able to get with my peers and understanding what they were doing and how they were addressing these challenges that was so valuable. And uh, and so that's why I always loving, love going to these events and why we had such a good time at this one. Well, that's great. I'm glad you had a great time at the event. And it is important. And your work and and researching digital transformation for over 10 years now, and and you're really helping organizations dive into this digital and reimagining this digital experience. And to the next question of how this relationship with Galileo started, because they are all about painless infrastructure visibility and uh, these challenging IT issues that uh, all size enterprises are facing today. So Where's the relationship begin here with you and your journey of yours and the work that Galileo is doing? Absolutely. So I, I've been really in pleased and, and fascinated by the work that ATS specifically. So the relationship, ATS is a consulting firm and, and they created this product called Galileo Suite. And the key product in that is Galileo Performance Explorer. And what I love about their story is that they are, and you know, as I said, as a consulting firm, they were trying to work 
for their clients and realized that there is this gap, that they need information, visibility into the infrastructure environments that they were being tasked with supporting and frankly, just didn't have a great way of getting that. And so they actually created this tool for themselves and then realized that, hey, this was as they were using it with their clients, their clients were going, wow, this is great stuff. Can we get access to it on our own? And that's what sort of led to the development of this, this product. And what I think is kind of interesting from my perspective, A, is both my ICAP background, but then also from the perspective of, of my work as an analyst, is how it sort of evolved. So it started in a much more traditional sort of monitoring and alerting sort of modality. But one of their great, and I don't honestly know if this was an accident or if this was intentional, but one of the, the side effects is that they, they were collecting all this data. And they were not just trapping it, but they were storing it and using it for these very deep trend analysis. And so today, what I think is really interesting is that it opens the door for IT operators to suddenly get access to not only in the moment visibility, but this like historical data visibility to actually understand how their environment is shifting and changing over time. You know, I would argue it was always important, but is now critically important when organizations are dealing with things like digital transformation and modernization efforts and cloud migration efforts, where so much of it is being driven by both understanding your current state, understanding how that, shit, how that state is being impacted by changes in business demand, month-end close, seasonality of maybe product sales or whatever, and then what that future state might look like as you're going through this transformation transformational and modernization processes. And so, you know, what Galileo is doing actually is this really interesting sort of space. In fact, I'm, I wrote an, a, an article for the DX report where I'm seeing it as, as part of this movement towards what I'm calling infrastructure intelligence platforms. This idea that leveraging the infrastructure becomes this treasure trove of data that can inform all these other very strategic initiatives that organizations are faced with. You know, with that being said, dive a little bit deeper into this uh, this idea that we mentioned at the start, this smart infrastructure management. And, uh, you know, it almost sounds like a buzzword or buzz phrase, rather. Is this a way to make infrastructure management sound more interesting uh, than it is for organizations? Or, you know, in, within your experience working specifically with Galileo, is there something really different about this approach? Yeah, the, the, the difference is it's, it's sort of the, the cobbler's children's syndrome. IT has been in the business of providing automation and data to the rest of the enterprise since its inception. And yet most IT organizations have done a fairly poor job of averaging of actually leveraging their own data for their own management. I mean, just bluntly, it, when, when most of us have sort of grown up running IT organizations, there was this very definitive sort of hero culture around you've got very smart people who had this very rich depth of experience and maybe they built these systems or whatever, and that's how you managed it. And the, the fact of the matter is our systems are just becoming too complex. They're changing too fast with, with things like containers and microservices. We, we have this ephemerality that just didn't exist only 10 years ago even. You know, while I, I recognize that this idea of quote-unquote smart infrastructure management can sound like a buzzword, what it it really means this idea of data infusion or data infused infrastructure management that I'm actually using the data, the data exhaust that all of these systems are kicking off, capturing it, storing it forever or for very long periods of time anyway, and then 
analyzing it and using what that data is telling me to guide these strategic efforts. And I think the reason that that is, in fact, a very different approach to the historical way we've handled infrastructure is that infrastructure has been the plumbing of the IT shop and this idea that you build it once and it's done. And then your only objective is to optimize it, is to drive efficiency. And the the challenge I think that we're facing today is that it's really twofold, is that the, the modern IT organization is looking at their infrastructure stack and needs to be simultaneously sort of dialing up four different dials, right? They need to be operating tactically. I need to be able to respond to a potential outage or any kind of situation, but I also need to be able to operate strategically as I'm transforming the organization and making sure the infrastructure can support all of it. And then I also need to be looking at the cost efficiency, and particularly when we're thinking of things like cloud migrations and moving everything into the cloud, I need to make sure I'm not having these crazy cost overruns and I'm able to temper those costs and right-size my environments as I'm doing any form of modernization. And then the fourth dial is I also need to be continually worried about performance. I can't be so cost efficient that I'm actually infecting the performance characteristics of the infrastructure. So it becomes this really complex sort of an environment. And in order to balance all four of those dials, you need data. And so this idea of smart infrastructure management is that I'm infusing data into all of these decisions and I'm sort of eliminating this hero model that we've typically used to, to manage. Charlie, you bring up a couple of really great points. And when I was talking to Tim a couple months ago when he was on the podcast, one of the things that I got out of the conversation with him was that, you know, with Galileo, anyone can really quickly and easily solve these complex IT issues. So in talking about infrastructure management, why is all this um, necessary? Because I'm sure some audience members are listening to this are saying, wow, the cloud has made things like infrastructure management obsolete. What would you have to say about that? I was actually talking to a CIO at this event, and he said, I hope to never have to think about infrastructure again. <laughs> and I get it. In fact, I've yeah. been a, a massive proponent myself of this idea that the IT organization, the IT leadership should be focused on only those things that provide competitive differentiation competitive advantage in the marketplace. And clearly, the running the core of your infrastructure, running data centers, doesn't really cross that line. It is not a value add in terms of providing competitive value and differentiation in most cases. But that isn't the same to say as saying that you can just ignore it, that you don't have to worry about it, because a massive amount of the cost model of the IT stack is, in fact, sitting in infrastructure. Whether you own it and have it deployed in a traditional manner, or whether you have it completely abstracted away and I'm running entirely as platform as a service, underlying cost components are still being heavily, heavily driven by the infrastructure. Tim, in fact, has a case study where one client of theirs was looking to move over to the cloud and over 50% of their cloud costs were just storage, right? They're just raw infrastructure. So there's these massive implications. And to ignore all of that, under the guise of, hey, we want to be just focused on those things that create competitive value is sort of like saying, I can buy this big giant mansion and it's going to be beautiful and I'm going to ignore the plumbing, right? No, it still matters. You want it to fade into the fabric of the organization. You want it to be something that you're not spending an inordinate amount of time on. But most importantly, and I think we said this in the session, the most important thing is though is to be listening to what your infrastructure is telling you. So I'm not advocating that organizations should be spending, you know, mountains of time and energy and resources on building this best quote unquote infrastructure. 
The biggest thing is though, that infrastructure is going to feed you data that tells you and informs both these tactical and strategic decisions that you need to be making. And in our insanely complex environments that we're now operating in, that data is invaluable. So that's, that's why it, it is different and why it actually does matter. And I remember Tim mentioning about some of the savings that uh, these enterprises were were experiencing after switching over to, to Galileo Suite and really optimizing of what you really need. In terms of this smart infrastructure management that you know we've been talking about, what's the outcome really of taking this sort of approach, especially in the context of everything moving to the cloud, which is happening more and more each day? How does this approach change things? Well, first and foremost, it, you're going to see that the, the easy ROI is just in, in raw cost saving. So that's going to happen in a couple of different ways. The first is during any initial migration, being able to look at the existing um, tech estate, understanding its performance characteristics. And as you then model that into a cloud environment, understanding exactly what it's going to cost and allowing you to actual, actually right size. And a quick pause on the term right sizing, because we often throw that term out there. But in reality, what most organizations do is t-shirt sizing, is they go out and they'll they'll sort of spec out environments and say small, medium, large, extra large, whatever, and do their sort of best. And inevitably, that leads to over-provisioning, right? It's sort of like you're about to go on vacation and you're going to go buy the t-shirt, you're going to buy a little bit extra large, you know, a little bit bigger size than you maybe normally need because, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. And it's sort of the same thing when we do particular things like cloud migrations. Right sizing means I don't have to do any of that. I can actually use the data that tells me exactly what those characteristics look like and match them to a cloud model or a, a cloud design that's going to give me exactly what I need and allow me to adjust it. So that's the first thing. The second element that you're going to see cost savings is the interesting aspect, particularly when it comes to cloud migrations, but really any form of modernization is that in our current environment, we don't have the same staticness of environments that we used to. So that you move something in the cloud and then whether it's business changes or just changes in the architecture of the system, suddenly it may change. And so continually being able to monitor for that and effectively continually right-sizing can allow you to control costs even after you've done that deployment. So this is sort of an ongoing thing. But I think some of the misnomer is that this idea of getting data-driven visibility is only about cost. It's, it's not. It also is about one of the challenges, if I'm moving to the cloud or if I'm modernizing in other ways, is as I create levels of abstraction, I start to lose visibility and I start to lose control. And so being able to use this data to maintain visibility, to be able to continually see the shifting relationships between underlying assets, between those infrastructure assets and their supporting applications and ultimately the business processes that they support is vital. And that loss, uh, that when you get that visibility and that control, that also means you increase your ability to provide proper governance. So if I'm outsourcing to an outsource provider or to a cloud provider, I now have some levers that mean I'm not just, you know, throwing it up there and hoping it works out. I can, you know, trust but verify kind of a situation because I have that visibility. And so this idea of smart infrastructure management, infusing data into everything we're doing about the infrastructure decisions, allows us to not only save money, but to increase and manage the performance over time, improve the visibility to so I don't lose control or lo lose that visibility, and to improve my governance control. So all of it sort of gets wrapped up into one, and it's all because I'm using this data layer to make sure that I understand what's actually happening. We talk a lot about optimization and, and performance companies before and and after cloud migration. And you mentioned governance, and I kind of want to get pick your brain a little bit about, you know, you know, 
about governance and risk management? It's probably the the part that as organizations have moved to the cloud was missed the most, meaning that, and part of it came from how we took our first forays, right? The cloud is what, a decade old now? And as we started going down this road, it the, the initial deployments were all greenfield. It was brand new net development stuff that we were putting out. Therefore, it was it was relatively A, they were mostly experimental, but B, because they were greenfield, because they tended to be not these mission critical, bet the company sort of workloads, they're a little bit easier to manage. Now what we're seeing is organizations are in full force taking these long existing workloads that are typically, you know, been running on on typically legacy environments that have been in place for a long time. And now they are attempting to move them. In some cases, they're replatforming. Sometimes they're lifting and shifting, but they're trying to move them into the cloud. And now suddenly it brings a massive risk load with it. One, because of the precariousness of the unknowns, right? The unknown unknowns. I, I don't know what I don't know about these environments. I was just talking to one CIO where, you know, they were talking about the challenge of going through line by line and realizing they had no idea what this code meant, right? No idea what it was talking to and trying to ferret that out. But then also just the fact that it's so mission critical. And so dealing with those types of workloads and moving them to the cloud or modernizing them in any way increases the risk substantially. And so by creating this data layer, and it's not just infrastructure, right? You need the same layer of data visibility across your application performance and a bunch of other aspects as well gives you the line of sight that you need to to start mitigating that risk. And then likewise, as we talked about from a governance perspective, as I start bifurcating my operational model, and it's now running in multiple cloud environments, I've got some in outsource, and I've got some all these different spaces, right? It's no longer the monolithic, everything is under my direct control. The governance not only becomes harder, but it becomes more critical. And again, the challenge is, is without data, governance is nothing but wielding a big stick and trying to yell at the vendors and hoping they listen. Whereas if you have data, then what you now have is an objective tool to actually be able to guide these conversations. And it, it's, it becomes a, a whole different ball game when you're actually able to instrument these systems and, and capture it. And somebody asked me, well, wait a minute, don't the cloud providers provide that? And yeah, they do, but it's their system and they control it. So when you're using a third party like a Galileo, now suddenly you're in control. It's your data, you're instrumenting it, your environment, you can see what's really going on. And now you have this objective data that allows you to have better governance. They're really critical. They're tied at the, the hip. Risk and governance go together. And they're the, the part that I think most people sort of skip over when we have these conversations. Right. And well said, Charlie. Taking that, lastly, I kind of want to bring this all back to Galileo and your work with them. You know, you know, we talked about so many great reasons why Galileo is awesome. I know that they have, in terms of their cloud environment, figuring out the right size for, the, for your enterprise, which has a lot to do with that cost and cost optimization and acceleration of that adoption. From your experience, how does Galileo help with all of this? I think the biggest thing that Galileo brings to the table is probably twofold. One, this data focus. Most of the infrastructure management tools that are out there are really all about purely the tactical reactionary mode. And, and they may be proactive insofar as allowing someone to identify an issue before it happens, but their primary purpose is to manage the operational state. And that's incredibly valuable, really important. Galileo does that as well. But what I think Galileo adds to the picture, which is absolutely 
critical is this data feed, right? This data stream that extends over time that allows people to see these trends over often, you know, years. And that is this sort of underappreciated capability because today's modern environment has massive amounts of variability in terms of consumption. And so having that data allows you to be able to see what's really happening and to understand the implications of any potential change or any decision you might be making strategically. So that's probably the, the first thing. And then the second big thing is it allows you to do that holistically across your entire infrastructure plane. As this one CI was talking about, it's like, well, Amazon has that. Sure, if your entire environment 100% is in AWS, then maybe you're okay. But I don't know that I've ever talked to an enterprise executive of any sizable organization that has everything in a single place. Even if they're only running on a single cloud, which is still not all that common, I almost certainly have something that's outsourced. I have some stuff still on-prem. If nothing else, I've got edge components that are sitting out at retail centers or at branch offices or something. And so the reality is almost everybody now and in the long foreseeable future is going to be running in these hybrid environments where I've got multiple classes and layers of infrastructure, and I need to be able to see all of this in one place so that I can truly make these right decisions. And so Galileo brings a sort of, and I hate the, the buzz term of a single pane of glass, but you know, this, this universal visibility plane allows you to bring everything together, on-prem, legacy, traditional, colo, because of their roots in IBM iSeries and like AIX tools, right? stuff that, that most of the modern monitoring tools don't pick up, right? I mean, just this really, really broad base of being able to capture everything and bring it into one place so that as you're not only reacting in a operational state, but as you're making these strategic decisions, that you have the data and the visibility you need in one place. That's awesome. That's a great way to end uh, this segment of the podcast for painless infrastructure visibility. Galileo Suite really helping resolve those challenging IT issues. And I love discussing the smart infrastructure management with you, Charlie. Uh, just for our listeners, quick shout out to the Digital Enterprise CIO Transformation Assembly. That's going to be coming up this fall in November, November 1st and 2nd at the Biltmore, Miami. It's great to have Galileo and ATS as a, a great partner of the Millennium Alliance. Charlie, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, as an industry expert, it was great to talk to you uh, all about this. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to the future holds. And please come back to another Millennium Alliance event and do another workshop with us. Sounds like a plan. Thanks for having me.